Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. This episode, we are treating you to a Love Stories special. Now, over the years, Love Stories have been some of our best sliding doors moments, and I have to say, they are my absolute favourite to delve into. So we decided to bring five of our favourites all rolled up into one special episode. So first off, we're going to have Owen Wynne Evans, everyone's favourite weatherman and BBC Radio 2 host. Then Rosie Nixon, the former editor-in-chief of Hello! magazine. Followed by Andrew McLean, who's the award-winning TV broadcaster and journalist. Podcaster and author Dan Schreiber. And lastly, Mahal Oshman, who is Head of Company Culture, Diversity and Inclusion at TikTok. As ever, if you enjoy these moments, please go back and listen to the Sliding Doors archive, wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the full episodes. And we also have over 80 other episodes you can delve into. Enjoy! Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On to your second moment. So meeting my husband on a night out, I was not intending to go on. It was the eve of my 24th birthday and a friend called me asking if I wanted to go out to celebrate. I didn't want to, but ended up going. We went to a bar in Cardiff that we'd not been to for ages and that's where I met Aaron. So we love a good love story and this is a classic (laughs) sliding doors moment. So take us back to the eve of your birthday and explain how this came to be a sliding doors moment for you. So I was... um, just at home. I was actually in my parents' house. I had bought a flat in Cardiff, but I would I was spending time with my parents. I would still go home quite a lot. And I was back home in Ammonford. And yeah, a friend of mine um, called me and said, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, well, nothing really. You know, this was on MSN Messenger back in the day. So didn't really, you know, think that I was going to do anything else on the eve of my 24th birthday. It was a weeknight, I think. It was a Thursday night. And um, she said, look, let's let's go out. So long story short, she then, we both went to Swansea, actually, and then ended up at this bar that I'd not been to before. And walking in and me and my friend, we didn't know anyone there, you know, because I was... Um, it was not really a place that I would frequent. And even though I was uh, very much out, you know, I'd also kind of, I was never massively on the gay scene when I was younger. Um, So anyway, 
yeah. went to this bar and just saw the, this group of people walking in. And I saw this guy and I remember turning to my friend and saying, he, he's in our, he was in our school. And she said, no, I've never seen him before in my life. And I was like, no, he is <laughs> definitely from our town. He's either in my school that I went to or the school that she went to. He we went to different schools. So she was like, well, he must have been to your school because I don't know him. So anyway, I went up to him and I introduced myself and he was at the bar. And I was like, oh, my name's Owain. I think you went to my school. And he was like, what school did you go to? And I said, Almond Valley School in Almondford. And he was like, well, I'm from Merthyr, so no never seen you before and it was very that <laughs> was very it was a chat up line yeah he totally did think it was a chat up line and that was very <laughs> much it he just sort of we said our sort of goodbyes and off he went and then I went back to my friend and I was like no like I know him like I so went up to him again and at this stage he was literally like like I really don't know you like I'm really sorry but no and then we got <laughs> chatting a little bit more then so we Ended up just chatting a little bit and I gave him my number. We exchanged numbers and he had to leave the bar early. So I kind of thought, well, he's not interested, you know, he's gone. So my friend and I had a nice night out and then that was that. And then the person was Aaron, my husband. And we then started texting and we went on a couple of dates and it was definitely one of those slide indoors moments because had I not taken up my friend's offer to go out that night, I would have just stayed in Ammonford and I probably would never have gone to this bar again in Swansea and I wouldn't have met Aaron. That was 15 years ago. So, and here we are. So it's just a great slide indoors moment. Amazing. It's a brilliant love story, a brilliant slide indoors moment, because as you say, you could have easily not gone out that night, which is the first thing. But the second thing is this weird thing of you thinking that you knew him. And as I say, it sounds like you were trying some lame chat up line, like, do I know you from yeah. somewhere? Which you weren't, you were just being yourself. But also the fact that you went up to him a second time, because again, when he told you that he didn't know you, you could have easily then not gone up to him again. Um, and I wanted to ask you, so where were you at in your kind of like dating life? Like, did, did marriage ever seem like it was something that you were going to do? Did you want a long-term relationship? Was it some, you know, where were you in terms of your your kind of self when you met him? Well, <clears throat> I'd been in a long-term relationship before then. Um, and then we broke up. And really it was, you know, I was just kind of young, free and single at that moment in time. And, and I had no real intention of, you know, I wasn't going out looking for relationships and I wasn't dating really. I was just kind of seeing what life was throwing at me, I guess. And and even on that night, you know, I went out for a dance really, not to meet someone. Yeah. So I think I was just very open to whatever and meeting Aaron on that night was not a thing that I was intending on doing. It just kind of happened. And and as you said, the fact that I went up to him again, because I knew that there was something about this person. Um, and it, obviously there was a connection there from the start, I guess. So I just love that that, that person was Aaron. And then, yeah. you know, we ended up getting married um, six years ago. And it's amazing how life life is so, I find life so interesting how one little thing can change your or seemingly change your trajectory if that's what you believe in so Massively. and that was definitely one of those times yeah yeah because it's like and it's really great inspiration for people because something was telling you to go to him whether you were conscious of it or not going to him a second time yeah. and as I say it's just that small thing and it was the universe pushing you there and I really hope you thanked your friend in your wedding speech when you got married <laughs> to say thank you for making me go on that night out Absolutely. It's very much a kind of, you know, like with my job, getting the job with Mammy um, Anne. It was very much a, like a moment that wouldn't have happened had it not been for being at a certain place at a certain time. Yeah. And what happens if you hadn't have gone on that night out? So you very easily couldn't have gone on that night out. Do you think your paths would ever have crossed anywhere else? No, because Aaron was in his, Aaron was in university in Swansea. 
and I didn't really spend much time in Swansea. And he didn't really, he did come out to Cardiff for the odd night out, but he'd been uh, going out to Cardiff for years and I'd never come across him, you know, or maybe I had, but but I, I think that I would have, yeah, the, I definitely, when I saw him, I knew him. There was something about this man that I knew. So we probably would never have crossed paths. Yeah. Because he doesn't work in my world. You know, he doesn't work in broadcasting or TV or radio or yeah. entertainment. So um, our our paths would not really have crossed. A true meant to be moment, for sure. Yeah. So your first one is how I met my husband. So ah. we, you said we met at a pub and um, chatted and I had to leave. But then I went back and gave him my phone number and he asked me to marry him later that night. So, I mean, wow, there's like <laughs> so much I want to delve into here. There is. Um, so I guess um, you can kind of describe this moment in more detail, but like, why were you at the pub? Who were you with? How did yeah. you get chatting? Set, set the scene up for us. Okay, yeah, so... Um, well, I guess this is an example of making a sliding doors moment sort of happen or kind of reversing it. So it's not sliding doors, but um, yeah, making something happen. So it was February, Valentine's Day, oh. in fact, um, February the 14th, 2009. Yeah. And I was kind of a single sort of girl about town. Had been sort of seeing a few guys, going for the bad guys, having yeah, a sort of few kind of wrong <laughs> relationships, um, but lots of fun. And I was with my best friend, um, still, you know, one of my closest girlfriends. And we decided, oh, it's Valentine's Day. So let's just hang out together. We've gone and got our hair blow dried. And then we've yeah, gone back to it. hers and sort of vegetated for a bit and thought, oh, should we just get a curry and stay in? And then thought, no, we've had a hair blow dried. We must go out. So we went out to a pub in Parsons Green yeah um a random pub that I hadn't actually been to before um but it was fairly close to where she lived and got chatting to these guys outside the pub and one of them was Callum and he had these sort of twinkling eyes and beaming face and I just really enjoyed my little chat with him it was yeah. just a lot of banter and I remember he had this scar on his forehead and I'd overheard him saying that he'd walked into a door on a shoot that day so I thought oh shoot is he in photography or oh, okay. maybe something similar to what I yeah. do and, and um we got chatting yeah, and he he was in sort of in photography and he told this story and he was just really funny and and there was just a little spark um mm. And then we got a call from some other friends that were going to a party fairly nearby and we thought we'll go off and meet them at this party. So we sort of left the pub, walked down the street and went about 10 paces and I was like, oh, you know, Chrissy, I, I really liked talking to that guy. And she was like, I, I knew this. you did. And we sort of dithered around on the street a bit and I thought, oh, maybe I should just go back and give him my number. So we decided that I should write my number on a piece of paper oh and God. just go back and give it to him because I had nothing to lose. You yeah. know, I had no idea. He could have been married, he could have been gay, he, you know, he could have been but in a relationship. Know. You never know. Yeah. So he'd gone into the pub by that point and was sat down at a table with a whole group of friends. And I so, I didn't even look at him. I just sort of had my head down <laughs> and went, um, I really enjoyed speaking to you earlier. Here's my number if you want to go out for a drink sometime. It's and literally it's like the confidence just to give the number. You're like, I can't look at him though when I, I know, do it. And then I just wanted to get the hell out of there. So I gave him my number anyway. And then we went off and I was like, okay, well, I've done it. You know, so who knows? Yeah. May never see him again. Um, and then we went off to this party, whatever. And then quite a bit later into the night, I got this call from an unknown number, you know, number I didn't recognise. I was like, oh, my God. And he was like, hi, it's um, Callum, the guy from the pub. And I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> and, he, and he said, so when are we getting married? And I was like, um, what do you mean? He said, because this is a great story to tell at our wedding. Oh, I and love it, it's that. the weirdest thing. And I was just like... I feel like I'm going to get married to him. It was really odd. Oh so we had God. a brief chat and we were both out on separate nights then. And he said, look, I'm going to give you a call in the week and we'll arrange a drink. That'd be really nice. So obviously then I'm like waiting for him to phone. <laughs> As always. we always do. And he did. And, um, and just from the beginning, it was just very straightforward. We just connected. He phoned when he said he was going to. Oh. And 
Although it was it, easy, it did there take was no a games. Few, no, it did yeah. take quite a few weeks for us actually to go out on the date because, as it turned out, he was kind of kind of seeing someone that wasn't really working out, and and I kind of was slightly, and we kind of got ourselves into a position where we could. And then I remember the day that we were going for a drink was actually I was I just started at Hello, yeah, I'd been at Hello really? for about a year. And it was the day that Jade Goody died. And oh suddenly gosh. I was meant to be leaving work and this news broke and I knew I was going to have to work later. And I remember calling him saying, oh, God, I'm really sorry, but, you know, I've just got to be here doing this. And, and he, him saying, look, that's fine. I, you know, I've got loads of emails to do. I'm happy just sat here in this um, in this bar that I was meeting him at not far from my office. And I was about two hours late for the first oh drink. <laughs> And um and went along and then we were just sort of together from then. And Amazing. obviously he told that story at our wedding too. I was about later. to say, yeah. like he really <laughs> set the scene up for mm. the perfect wedding speech. He did. Yeah. Oh, so. I love this for I love this for so many reasons because mm. I first of all loved that the kind of like how you've detailed the spark between you because I, I we all have that when we meet someone in a pub and then yeah. often we just go away yes. or you know, you don't see them again. So do you I mean, do you remember I, that feeling of just being mm. like, I'm just going to give him my number. Like, totally. I think we all get a bit scared, don't we? Well, this is my top tip for single girlfriends now. Yes. I've always said, you know, actually, if you do get that spark with someone, and it is rare, you know, where you just think, oh, I could just talk to you all night. I just wanted to know everything about him. He just intrigued me and there was a connection. I think there is sometimes just a connection with yeah. someone and it is like a chemical or, you know. Totally. And I, I just felt like we got on very easily. And and I so my top tip is, you know, just give them your number. You have got nothing to lose. They won't call. If they're married yeah. or, you know, they're not, you know, available or they didn't feel it too, then that's fine. You haven't lost anything anyway. Exactly. You You're know, just putting yourself in the position in case. Yeah. yeah. Instead of letting it be a sliding doors moment where you just sort of go off and carry on with your life, you are in control, you know, make it happen. Yeah. So definitely. I'm so glad that I did that. Oh my yeah. God. And I hope you take the credit for the fact that, you know, <laughs> you made that move and he didn't. I do. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, I picked you, remember? Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, even then when you were speaking, I mean, there's a few things like you wouldn't, you know, you said you were going to stay in have a curry then you never would have gone to the pub yes. then you went to the pub you may not have given him your number so do you ever think yeah. about I mean I know I always say this to people because it's not nice to think about not being with the person that's you know the love of yes. your life but do you think about if you hadn't have gone out that night but you know I'm a, as I say I am a romantic and it's like there are lots of people I'm so glad I found him and he's my husband and it's great you know but there are lots of people out there for everybody I mm -hmm. really do think and you have to sort of be out there and be sort of available and kind of make things happen if you do mm. feel something I think definitely um, so yeah I mean yes it is all so random and I often think if I hadn't got my blow dry because I remember I was feeling like <laughs> my hair was horrible yeah, I no. probably wouldn't have got out or even had the confidence but to that's give the someone... thing it all links it's like what you wear everything like that could have just given you that extra boost to be like I'm just gonna give him my number my totally. hair looks great yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's so great. It's such brilliant advice. As I say, anyone mm. just go and do it because you never know oh, you could do end it. up married. Yeah, give your number. It's a romantic thing as well. And I think he was just quite taken by that story as well because that had never happened to him. It made him feel really nice. You yeah. know, it's going to really boost your confidence, isn't it? Anyway, even if Definitely. you don't, can't call that person, you'll think, oh, I feel great. Somebody just I got a number me. tonight. Totally. Oh, yeah. so what a brilliant, brilliant story. And I hope you'll tell that <laughs> for like years and years yes, to come. Yeah, our sons now know the story and they find it very funny so, perfect yeah. oh i love it so much <laughs> um So we'll go on to your third moment, which is also really lovely. So um, going on a blind date that you didn't want to go on and ended up meeting your husband and you've now been together ever since. So you mentioned that you, you'd been through a really horrible divorce. You'd been on your own for a while. You started dating someone. They didn't treat you well and your friends were like, enough is enough um, and arranged for you to go on a blind date. And you only went because you didn't want to let them down. So do you want to kind of explain a little bit about the date that you went on? So I'd I'd been set up on this blind date. I'd I'd never I'd never been on, on a date before, really. Um, because although I'd been married before, 
um, I'd never, I'd never been on the dating scene. You know, I yeah. met my, my, my father, my, my son and my, my first husband, we met at school. I sat behind him in geography. Um, it, it, it just wasn't, this wasn't something that I did. So, uh, I thought, right, I'll go along purely because she'd set it up as a double date. So it was her and her husband and me and this guy. And it was such a palaver to even go to this date because I had to, you know, I have two kids by two different fathers. So I had to drop my son off in cent- in central London. And then I had to drive my daughter around to, to her dad's and he's north of London. Then I had to drop the dog at the kennels and then drive <laughs> all the way down to Brighton. By the time I got there, I was thinking, this had better be a good night yeah. because I've made so much effort <laughs> to get here. And um, so I, I turned up and um, we, I met at my friend's house and we, we, we had a couple of drinks before we went and we, we met them at the bar and her husband was with, you know, this guy. And I, I wasn't wearing my glasses, so I didn't see what he looked like when he walked in. It was just a, a blur. <laughs> but when he, when he sort of got closer, the, the main thing I remember was that he looked really nervous and he smelled nice. Okay. So they're two quite endearing. Two yeah, quite endearing. Totally. <laughs> no, uh, it it turned out he didn't want to be there either because oh. he he was. I'd been divorced for a while. He was getting divorced, and it it it, it was a it was in a really it was a really difficult time for him. And he literally only went for the same reason because did. he was friends with the husband, and he was like, "Well, okay, I'll go just not to let you down," and we. I couldn't look at him for the first 20 minutes or so because I was so nervous. So we're all sat around chatting. And then we we walked out to go to the restaurant and our friends walked ahead and left us kind of to chat. And <laughs> oh, that's, like, so that's even the, like oh, the horrible part. It was just so cringy. And and so he said, so what do you do? And I said, oh, I, I, I work with Donna. And he said, oh, uh, uh, are you a makeup artist as well? Because Donna, as my friend, is a makeup artist. And I said, no, no, I'm, uh, I, I work on the same thing as her, but I do a, I do a different job. Yeah. And <laughs> what, what job is it? And I said, uh, I'm an anchor. And he was like, what's an anchor? Thinking <laughs> something that drops off of ships and into the sea. And I said, well, uh, I'm actually on the show that she works on uh and he sort of did a double take and he went oh my god you're that one that sits on the end and oh my yeah. god um uh, and I I just thought oh this is just so awful I, <laughs> I don't want to be oh my god I've been on a date with that woman from the telly and um as we came around the corner and I'd literally just said it to him this hen party was there and they all just started screaming and going oh and plates and veils and they literally just thrust their phones at Nick and went take pictures of us and he was like what the hell is going on (laughs) so I'm standing at his hen party looking at him like I'm so sorry and he took all the pictures and he went wow so is this normal (laughs) yeah this is you're definitely not a makeup artist so we went and we sat down and I just proceeded to get very, very drunk. And I told him everything about me. Yeah. And I just said, listen, you know who I am. You could go and Google me once you get home. You're going to find all kinds of rubbish. And 90% of it isn't true or it's been misconstrued and twisted. This is me. This is my truth. This is who we are. You can either take it or leave it. Then we went, we went clubbing, which again, in itself is quite rare for me. Yeah. And we went disco dancing and he turned out to be loads of fun. And um, again, this is going to sound very odd, and I don't tell very many people this, but I might as well. Um, it was a very busy room. And at this point, we hadn't even, other than the, the initial kind of kiss on the cheek, hello, we hadn't touched each other. And he took my hand to guide me through the crowded room. Yeah. And there was the most, it was like a bolt of electricity went through both of us and time stood still. Amazing. And the whole room stopped. Yeah. The music stopped, the noise stopped, and there was just us. And we looked at each other like we hadn't seen each other before. It was the weirdest thing, as if as if we'd known each other before at a different time. It's the yeah. only way I can describe it. And then he kissed me. 
Now, I am not the kind of girl that does this kind of thing. <laughs> we stopped like teenagers in this nightclub in Brighton with sticky floors and 45 minutes later came up came up for air and then went to find our friends who were laughing at us. Oh, I bet they and, loved this. Um, they were like, get in. Okay, <laughs> yes, we knew you would get on. But it was the strangest thing because we hadn't expected that to happen mm-hmm. at all. And then I did something that I've never done in my whole life. And I just said, shall we go? And I went home with him and I'd known him four hours and we've oh been together God. ever since. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's such the way you describe that moment. So beautiful. And actually, I think, you know, you you bring up such a good point because everyone always says you always find what you're looking for when you're not looking. And I hate that saying because I'm always like, but how are you never, how are you not looking? Like, you know, you always are when you're single, but there are those small moments where, as you say, it was such a palaver to drop your kids off and do this, that you genuinely were just like, I'm literally just doing this to go through the motions. And it's, it's such a brilliant moment. And as well, like the fact that, you know, you did have that funny part with the hen do and stuff. You broke the ice probably without you really realizing beforehand. Um, and I guess I always think, you know, when you can't be bothered to go on a date, there is something always in the back of your mind that thinks, but what if that's the one? Like, what if I don't go and I miss that opportunity? And I love this story because you've really just proven that, you know, you've got to just go because you just never know. Not that I want you to think about this, but do you ever think like how your life would have been different if you hadn't have gone on the date? Yeah, and we, we've spoken about that. And I think being brutally honest, I would be on my own. Yeah. Um, I think I would be happily by myself. Um, I, I think I would feel, do you know what? I've been married. I tried that. It's, it doesn't work for me. And I would, I would be on my own, but I don't think I would be lonely. I just yeah. think I would be on, I'd be on my own. But it, it is, it's, it's a lovely story as well, because I think from how you've described it, the timing was just so right for both of you. As you said, you know, he was going through a hard time. You'd been through a hard time. And I think you probably just, I, I think, I don't know, you're the type of person where when the pressure's off for you, good things seem to happen. Yeah. And what's so funny was I ended up kind of rescuing him. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we've spoken about this and that he was, he was, he was depressed when I met him. He was having therapy he was not in a good headspace at all. He had, he'd lost everything. Mm-hmm. And he, funnily enough, I turned up, I moved to London with everything I owned in the back seat of my car. He turned up to live here with everything he owned in the back seat of his. Really? In this clapped out old car that he never knew would even make the, make the distance. And I, I rescued him. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting was years later, he ended up rescuing me. He didn't rescue me at the time. Yeah. Um, because obviously when I, we call it the year I face planted when I just fell down. Uh, he rescued me right back. Mm-hmm. And it's not something either of us, you don't set out to do that sort no. of thing. But I think there was something about our relationship that we, we knew we could fall and the other person would catch them. Yeah. What a lovely story. And also you would never have this girl is on fire that you both run together. So it's what a great story. I absolutely love that. And it's going to make me go on more blind dates just in case I find one that as well. Um, Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
your last moment is the day I bumped into historian Matthew Green in Houston would I now have my wife and my kids yeah. so we love a good love story on the podcast we always have to have one of them so explain what happened that day and how that led you to meet your wife yeah so okay so it might be worth starting in the lead up to this meeting with Matthew but I was um uh just after no such thing as a fish had started and I'd I'd been more on the presenting side of things and I was doing stand up at this point um my agent said hey there's a editor at penguin books who has come up with an idea for a book mm-hmm. and would like to um talk to you about maybe being the author of it and so I said, yeah, great, because I've always wanted to be an author. That's That's been one of the big, big dreams more than anything yeah. else is to write a book. And so I said, that'd be great. So we went for a meeting and it was this editor called Fenella Bates. And she was really cool. And she had an idea that was called Six Things to Believe in Before Breakfast. And that's a line that's taken from one of the Alice in Wonderland books. It's what the Queen Mm -hmm. says. I always try to believe in six impossible things before breakfast. So she thought, wouldn't that be a cool idea for a book? There's six chapters and one is an impossible thing from each chapter. And so you write about the weird theories about it and the weird ideas and all the sort of, you know, uh, batshit thoughts about that. And I... I said, this sounds great. And we we said yes to the deal. And we started doing up the contract. And we were doing... And it, and she told work, uh, pitched in. They said, great. And they all approved of me as author. And so it was all going really, really great. And then I said, I'm not happy with the title. Can I change the title? And they said, no. And I thought, ah. Oh. And I think Fenella thought, well, that will be the end of that let's continue writing this book. No author is going to turn down a chance to write a Penguin book yeah. with Michael Joseph, one of the biggest commercial imprints out there uh, because of a title that clearly works very well. Yeah. And so I told my agent, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to pull out of the book. I can't really? do that. Because I just made a documentary on UFO conspiracy theories for Channel 4 and I was really burnt by the description of what I was going to be in the show, how it was going to be made versus what then I was told was being made. And yeah. and it just, it I thought... It just had feeling in you. And I was doing Fish, which was so freeing. It was a podcast where no one told you anything. And I Mm. discovered this new world where you didn't have to answer to people who weren't as qualified for the direct thing that you were doing. And so when Fenella said, we're not changing the title, I thought, well, that's the first crack in what will be more changes and I'll hand in the book and they'll say, oh, no, what we're actually thinking is this. And and I just thought, no, if I'm going to write a book and it's going to have my name on it, it needs to be my book and it needs to have yeah. my title on it because I've dreamt about this since I was a kid. That's and a confident thing to do. It was a nuts thing to do, turning down a book. <laughs> like I was doing nothing in my career. Like I was doing a podcast, but, you know, podcasting was nothing back then. You know, there wasn't there wasn't any uh, advertising or anything. You couldn't make money off it back oh in the day. God. So I... <laughs> So I, uh, yeah, I I turned it down. And I think Fenella was flabbergasted. She couldn't believe it. And we didn't speak for six or seven months after that because there's no reason to. You know, she was an editor and so on. Um, When I was deciding to whether or not to do the book and I hadn't yet met Fenella, I was doing a thing called the Sunday Papers up in Camden, which is this really amazing live event where it happens on a Sunday and they treat it as if it's a live version of the newspapers and they have people giving talks on various different things. So it's sort of like the sports section and then someone will get up and maybe talk about a book that they've written. It's not topical. It's just interesting people. It's like TED Talks all done to a theme of a newspaper. And one of the people giving a speech there was a guy called Matthew Green. And Matthew Green is someone that I knew from when I was living all those years ago in Oxford, in my auntie's place in Benson, uh, because he was the flatmate of a very good friend of mine called Ed, who became a friend through my best friend from childhood in Hong Kong, Emmy, whose mum first suggested (laughs) that I check out Rudolf Steiner schools because I might be suited for it. So those three kind of connect in in an interesting way as well. And Matthew... um, Matthew went on to become a historian, and when I met Fenella, 
At the same time, she had offered him a book to write a book about time traveling through London's past, and he was currently writing it. So I was like, this is insane. We're going to have the same editor. This is amazing. And um, so, yeah, so uh, Matthew and I sort of reconnected over that. But then I then dropped the book and seven months goes by. And all the time in the seven months, I was thinking, God, I really wish that I... I really wish I could see Fenella again because was there an initial attraction? There kind of well, no, I yeah, there was absolutely, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure she had a boyfriend at the time. But also, I thought I I really am anti being that kind of sleazy character. Like that was a that she doesn't Fenella would be the type of person that gets guys sort of like being a dick, you know, and yeah. making rude comments. And I've always I don't know why, maybe it's my upbringing from my mum. I've I've really hated that my whole life. No, and, that's good. You, you I know it's a, yeah, to men. I know it's a good thing, but I I so but I, you know, there was a possibility that maybe seven months before, if I'd said something a bit more confidently, like I'd love to take you for a drink. But I thought, no, this is this is your you're an editor. This is work. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go there. And so I kind of I had that as a regret just running through me the whole time. And one night at last minute, I decide to go and see my friend Ash, who's in a band. He was playing in Houston. And I got on a train and I got off and I was running to the to the gig and I was late. And I literally bump into, like physically bump into Matthew Green, who's just walking from somewhere else to go to the train station. I'm like, Matt, how you doing? Hadn't seen him in, you know, over seven months. Yeah, yeah man, I'm good. How you doing? I was like, oh, when's your when's your book coming out? And he's like, it's only it's like two months from now it's coming out. And so I said, wow, OK, um, how's Fenella? And you went, she's really good. And he said, you know, she doesn't have a boyfriend, right? And I said, doesn't she? <laughs> and she and he was like, yeah, you, maybe you should drop her a message. And I was like, no, I think she'll probably hate me because of <laughs> yeah. I've always not messaged. And he said, well, no, I, you know, you, you've been mentioned since because obviously, and she didn't seem that angry with you. So I thought, fuck, maybe I should mention, maybe I should message Vanella because I've always yeah. wanted to. And and so I found her on Facebook and I dropped her a line saying, I'm so sorry about what happened. And would you would you be up for maybe hearing some new ideas that I have? And maybe I could buy you a Shirley <laughs> oh, Temple. I've got some new yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah. And it turned into like, you know, maybe we could go for a drink on a Friday night and I could tell you my <laughs> yeah. new ideas. And so we did end up going out on the drink. And that led to us going out on a second drink. And then eventually at the book launch of Matthew Green's book, I asked her out properly and she said yes, and we were officially dating as of the launch of Matthew's book. Oh, my gosh. And then last year, I finally published a book, which is called The Theory of Everything Else, which is essentially the same idea that Fenella created when we first met, The yeah. Six Things to Believe in Before Breakfast, um, except the book has the title that I always dreamed of having, The Theory of Everything Else, and the dedication is to my wife, Fenella, oh, who is now... So I wish... <laughs> I wish people could see my face. I think I'm like beaming with smiles because all of these things just work so well. And did she, does she have a similar thing on her end? Did she kind of have that thing with you where she always kind of thought about you and was like, oh, Dan. And like, do you think it was a timing thing with you two? Yeah, possibly. I mean, she she says she did. She said she fancied me from the get-go I was just her type and she's my type you know so like regardless of the business side of things you you kind of go oh hello who's this yeah I wish I was with you um and yeah she she's since said that she she did think that and it was quite funny because when we did start going out her boss was very much saying like wow Fenella look at the long game here trying to get the author back <laughs> in go you go girl you date him you date him and secure that deal get the book get well, the you've book. written the book now you can you can leave each yeah. other it's done well actually no, but also at the same time she was sort of saying he's a comedian don't go out with comedians they're trouble so there was a lot of negative uh sort of stuff on me as well but it's a great moment because I think that it does bring up timing because I think if you'd had said something, you know, the first time round when you were kind of working on this book together, number one, as you said, you didn't think she was single, but also it just would have been really messy because you then would have kind of said no to the book and it would have been a relationship. But 
Also, do you kind of think if you hadn't have bumped into Matthew? I mean, it sounds like you maybe would have messaged her, but he was really no, this no, kind I of trigger. Have. No, no, I wouldn't. Do you have. not think you would no, have? Definitely not. No, that would wow. have been that would have been it. Like there was no thought to that that I needed that moment to happen for me yeah. to. And it's the weirdest thought. Like there's you you know we talk about how what it's like um, to maybe go to a different school and would I have you know what friends would I have and stuff. That's that's an interesting kind of conversation. What is a completely terrifying conversation is had I not have met Fenella again at that certain point and it worked out, I would not have Wilf, Ted and Kit in my life, yes. my three children. Like that's Insane. that their entire existence relies on this bit of the story to happen the way that it happened and everything that followed to happen the way that it happened. Um all the since the beginning of the universe, everything needed to happen for Wilf, yeah. Ted, and Kit to be born, and my story bumping into Matt was an essential, crucial moment, closer to their birth than any of the other stuff that went before. That for just sure. had to happen. So that, for me, is the most important sliding door moment because that's the one that so clearly connects me to the creation of people versus a life decision that takes me I could be in America doing something I'd be back in yeah. Sydney or Melbourne it's doing something It's not creating life Yeah and how many children have I not had <laughs> oh, you <don't>. know <laughs> who what amazing humans who could have changed the world because I took the flight to England or you know that's yeah. those are the parallel world oh, children that we will never get to meet but yeah. but I'm glad I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be in any universe other than this one with those three yeah. boys. That's the that's the exciting sliding doors moment for me is It really is and I hope you thanked Matthew when you got married. Yeah, did. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's absolutely responsible for uh for it. Amazing. And I think this is a brilliant moment as well for all those people that are kind of like looking for love because I think that you just never know. You never know. And like always send a message. If you think that someone, you had a spark with someone or whatever, you should always reach out because you absolutely never know where it's going to lead to. Absolutely. And also don't, don't give up or give in mm -hmm. for something less than what you yes. believe will be the thing. I, I never, weirdly, Fenella's basically my first girlfriend because I had this really weird thing where I just always thought, is this going to last as a relationship if I was going on a date with someone? Is this, am I, are we going to have kids? Are we going to, oh, there was so much pressure on my you side. Like, yeah. I, I, I knew I wanted to be a dad, but I didn't want to be a dad till I was like 30 or whatever. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't in my 20s going, we need babies now. Um, <laughs> I just, I, for some reason, there was something in me that was just going, nah, this just doesn't feel like this is right. And when I met Fenella, it just felt right. And I don't, I don't properly believe in that kind of thing in terms of the universe, but it was a thunderbolt kind of thing with Fenella. It was particularly, I was at a, um, we were on our third or fourth date and I was at a Paul McCartney gig. Took her as a surprise to see Paul McCartney. And it was during, I think it was Hey Jude. It must have been the na-na-nas yeah. that we were kind of hugging each other. And I just had this moment where I realized, oh my God, I've met the love of my life. Like I've met, I, it was a proper like a jolted moment in my body where I was like, blah, uh, and yeah, what a that's a powerful moment. And I was in my 30s at this point. And you do go, you know, am I ever gonna find that person? You will. Just you just gotta hang in there and stay clear-minded about not not settling for less than you deserve. You only get one life. Yeah, that's all we get. You do. So you do, do it right. So going on to your last moment, so um we've all had uh heartbreak and this is definitely one of them so when your boyfriend left you you were heartbroken and thought you would never love again which we've all been there but then you met your husband so we always love a good relationship moment on the podcast um, and as I said sometimes heartbreak can be the best sliding doors moment so do you want to kind of explain the relationship but then like how how and when that kind of meant that you met your husband of course one of my most one of my favorite sayings in the Jewish wisdom is that there's nothing more complete than a broken heart Mm -hmm. But as you said, who wants their heart like broken? Who? No one wants a broken heart. And for many years, I I had like boyfriends, but I didn't have like the boyfriend that I thought yeah. would be kind of the one. And when I met this guy that I write about in the book, I was about 23. And he was like this super cool 
massive kind of, you know, bike, uh, kind of carefree party, Tel Aviv kind of. Yeah. And and I wasn't that confident in, in my skin. So, you know, the fact that he showed that he kind of let, fell in love with me was, I know I sound now like not confident, but I'll, I'll admit I wasn't, you know, I wasn't confident in the beginning. Yeah. Of the, but then we really opened up and I shared with him my anxieties and my, my everything. And I really thought that he was the one. And on the day that I actually thought, it's kind of sad uh, and funny at the same time, now reflecting back almost, I don't know, 20 something years after. Um, but there was this day when I, he, I felt his body language was kind of signaling that he's going to say something, he's going to share something. And I, I literally believed, I, I, I was sure that he was going to propose. Really? Uh, yeah, I was absolutely sure he was going to propose. And in that moment, when I thought he was going to propose, I looked into his eyes and I saw like his, his eyes kind of tearing up. And I very quickly realized that that's not the tears I'm after. Yeah. And, and he said to me, one of the most hurtful, soul, heart tearing things that anyone ever said in my life, he said, you know, Michal, I, I, uh, we've been dating for a while. I love you. But I thought to myself, who would I want to take with me to a deserted island? Who is that person that I just can't think about, you know, not being with? And it's not you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I have to say I've had a very similar moment where, you know, you you really do think it, it's it. And then you're it, it's it, it hits you massively because you then start to be like, do I trust my own judgment you know as you say you were kind of in such a different place but yeah that must have been horrible Uh, you know I I want to keep perspective I know that human beings go through horrible horrible things but we can't underestimate the pain of heartache oh totally not you know so he broke my heart he that moment and it's not I remember saying to my mom I was I was so sad. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I couldn't do anything. I lost weight. I, and I said to my mom, I was like, I don't want to love again. Mm-hmm. The only thing I want is not to feel this pain, this heartache of the, yeah. the broken heart in my body. I don't care about loving again. I, I don't think I will. And I'm telling you generally for a couple of years, I just never thought that I would date again. Mm-hmm. But life is much, much stronger than we, you know, we think it is. And, and you know, and if it wasn't for him completely smashing my heart and taking a few years to recover, I would have never, ever met my then boyfriend, now husband in that restaurant because I wouldn't be working in that restaurant. Yeah. wouldn't be available when he walked in, you know. So thank you for breaking yeah. my heart. So hold on. So did your husband just not, not generally walk in as a normal customer? As a normal customer, walked in with a girl... Um, and I was, I did, I couldn't understand if they were dating or not. Something in his and her body language sent me the message that they weren't dating. So I was like the shift manager. I was just standing in front of the restaurant and just like watching them eat the whole yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't sound creepy, but like, no, I love it. Like he, he, he could feel my eyes on yeah. his, um, and then, you know, again, sliding doors, he, he, he never, he, well, I don't know if to believe him or not, but he says that he never used to give his number to, to, to girls, but he, he left the restaurant and he was like, Hey, my name is uh, whatever. And this is my number. If you're interested, I was like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. Cause it's, oh, you really think about it. It's like, imagine if you've been ill that day. Imagine if you were on a different shift. Wait, wait. Oh my Go gosh. I can't believe it. It wasn't supposed to be my shift. No. No, so wait, sorry. This is goosebumps times a hundred. It wasn't my shift. You have, you have, like, you have this, uh, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this later. It wasn't (laughs) supposed to be my shift. My best buddy, who was a waiter with me, he was ill. He called me and he said, please, Michal, I beg you, I'm not feeling well. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just finished eight hours in university. No, no way I'm doing your shift. Oh and so he God. said, you know what, Michal, I, I spoke with a restaurant owner. You just need to do two hours just to do the, the high, the peak hours. It was those two hours. No. No makeup. I was coming from like university, like, ugh, not attractive at all. Um, it was in those two hours that he entered. That's that's truly 
sliding doors. It's truly sliding. And also it really shows you that you just do not know when these moments are going to present themselves. And it's often when we're not looking for them, but oh my God, that's unbelievable. I'm so glad that I said that so that we got that out of you. But it's, but you make a really good point as well though, with like the whole heartbreak. Cause I do think, you know, when we're younger and we go through heartbreak, it's the worst pain ever. But later on in life, you can really realize actually that relationship came into my life for a reason. And as you said, like you, you probably were more protective of your heart. You knew your heart more. And do you, do you really kind of feel that that relationship, although it was not the reason why you met your husband, but it kind of prepared you for that meeting? I think it prepared me. But if I'm also honest, I, it did scar me. To, it did scar me, that, that, that mm-hmm. experience. of And I, rem, I, I, I used to give out, like, myself more freely. I, I don't know, maybe I'm not using the right words in English, but like, I, I became a bit more protective. Now... Yeah less so um because I, I sometimes ask my husband what happens if you also leave me and he was like listen you're making it really hard with four kids I will probably stick around <laughs> but, but as you said Jenny like heartbreak happens unfortunately one heartbreak is not a uh, protection from further heartbreaks and also totally. you know our heartbreaks not just from a romantic relationship but with someone a good friend kind of betraying our trust or or, you know, heartbreak that we do sometimes to ourselves when we do really stupid things and we regret. Mm-hmm. But I do I do agree with you that heartbreak is, is, is a vehicle for growth. It doesn't take away from the fact that it really hurts. Yeah, 100%. Um, oh, I just can't stop thinking about if you'd not gone into it that day, your children won't be alive and you won't be here. Honestly, that was amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.